0: You are now in the Cornwood Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Book Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem, alongside my side, Diffus Kev. We have a big show today, a lot of positive good news. This is, somebody called John, yeah, John that yeah, John Krasinski, right?
1: Yes, he did do some good news, not anymore.
0: Yeah, because we got good That's news. Because he sold before. out. Oh, God, all right. Um. So we got NHL news Yes, we're talking hockey today If only for a little bit Me and Kev weigh in on this all-time home run derby The MLB is doing The concept was great The execution, eh, we'll see um, it's, it's a hypothetical, by the way They're not actually going to have Hank Aaron swing off Against Barry Bonds right now You
1: know, you know if you know, Barry Bonds were in it They're not Barry Bonds, I was thinking he is in it. it Hank he?
0: Aaron's in it too I hate that list. Yeah, Kev's going to complain about that list for about five minutes, so just get ready for that, folks. Um, we also got some Devontae Freeman news because apparently he's not going to hold out your tires, and I'm going to rip on ESPN again, even though I've applied there before. I just have a bone to pick with their FPI predictions. So, without further ado, let's get rocking and rolling here. Kev, first off, we got NHL news. They've announced some stuff. The season's going to start, or at least the postseason will. they got some crazy new formats, too. So, Kev, let's hear some research. What do you got for us? So, there's a lot. Uh,
1: Gary Bettman, I think. This is the only time NHL fans were happy to see Gary Bettman and hear his voice. So, regular season's done. The standings or the point percentage, that's what's going to be the seeding. 24 teams will be playing in the playoffs this year. Top 12 in each conference. I I feel weird about this, but it makes sense to limit travel. Each conference is going to get a hub city, which they'll practice in, stay in, play in, and all that. I'll say those cities in a minute. Early June, clubs can return to their home facilities for voluntary on- and off-ice training if they're in small groups. Then formal training camp is going to start no earlier than July 1st. Then this is phase four. They have no idea when this is going to be. Then they're going to go to those two hub cities and play round robin qualifying rounds and the Stanley Cup playoffs. First round, second round are going to be best of five or seven. They're not sure. The conference finals and Stanley Cup final will be best of seven. And then the hub cities I mentioned earlier, they're discussing a few. They're Chicago, Columbus, Dallas. Edmonton, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Minneapolis slash St. Paul. They'll use both Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver. And this is also going to impact the first overall selections, or the first three overall selections. Eight clubs that, have, that were eliminated in the qualifying round will be eligible, and then the seven clubs that didn't even make this playoff format will be eligible.
0: Sounds reasonable to me. I love every bit of it. Because especially right now where every league is trying to scramble, look at the NHL saying, hey, we'll go full innovation here. And this may may be something they may be using a variation of in the future if they love how it works. I mean there's nothing wrong – there was nothing really wrong with the NHL system to begin with even though they kept – didn't they just change it two or three years ago? They changed some
1: minor rules, but they didn't – I don't – they didn't do like an overhaul –
0: yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it works. I mean, I'm excited. I always like seeing, like, new spins on stuff in sports. Like, I was excited for the college football playoff because I was like, all right, cool. Like, we get to see teams play in. This is awesome. I- I'm up for innovation, apparently. So.
1: It's Iron you bring that up. I was thinking earlier, man, it'd
0: be cool to see the BCS come back. Shut up. It never will, but I think
1: it'd be cool. I love the crystal ball trophy.
0: <laughs> I mean, they could always just bring that back.
1: Yeah, I don't know if they would for trademark stuff. Um, so also, Jared, in this format, your team, when the playoffs roll around, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins are going to be the fifth seed in the East. And then Boston's going to be the first seed in the East. And St. Louis is first seed in the West. What what cities do you think they're going to pick for the two?
0: I heard Pittsburgh is one of the teams, one one of the nominees, because they I guess there's a ton of hockey ranks out there. Yeah. Um, I could also see one Canadian city too, maybe Vancouver, but I, I don't know if they want to do that much travel. I don't think they're gonna do Vancouver. If I had to put my money on it, I have no idea what the east
1: cities, what the east city is going to be. I can see Minneapolis-St. Paul just because there's a lot of hockey there, and I know and, they also,
0: and if they pick a place like Pittsburgh, it's only three. There's only there's only about a four hundred mile flight. It's not like they're gonna have to go across the country.
1: Well, they're going to be playing all the playoff games in Minneapolis. Okay, so the hub stay for the whole entire thing. Yeah, there's uh, there's voluntary training beforehand in their sit- home cities, but... Yeah. Uh, so I can see, even though it's Minnesota's a Western Conference team, I think it makes sense because I can see for the Western Conference, they pick Las Vegas. A dry run of hockey in Vegas because they're putting an expansion team there. They already did. Well... Th- Yes, they've announced they're doing it, but they don't have a name. They don't have anything like that yet. The Las Vegas Black Knights. Why am I so dumb? Seattle's getting this expansion team. I'm so Ah.
0: dumb.
1: Surprised they didn't pick Seattle. So I can see Vegas still, though, to kind of promote the team a bit more. It's still a young franchise. I'm so dumb. I can't believe I blanked (laughs) on the Golden Knights existing.
0: Oh, my God, that's great.
1: I'm so (laughs) stupid.
0: that was phenomenal,
1: buddy. Thank you. Sorry, we're not hockey guys. I messed up. I forgot. I'm going to send this clip to KJ afterward. Sorry, KJ,
0: I'm dumb. You're not dumb, buddy. All right, so... Next up, Devontae Freeman is in the news. So, there was a rumor going around if his quota for his contract was that bad, he's retiring. He then tweeted out, Hey, I'm not retiring. I got 10 years left. Then deleted the tweet. So, Kev, what I have to ask is, do you see Devontae Freeman going anywhere and anybody meeting his quota? <clears throat> like I don't see
1: – What is it? Like 10. I don't see anyone meeting his quota. Uh, injuries kind of hampered him a bit. Production went down. No one's paying him that much. He might get a one-year prove-it deal. Nobody's paying him a $10 million deal, short or
0: long-term. Yeah, I I definitely don't see anybody reaching over six for him. I mean, if we're talking three years ago, when he was at the height of his powers, like when Atlanta was in the Super Bowl, then yes, I could see this happening. But right now, he's kind of falling out a little bit because it's just – Without Tevin Coleman, he looked useless. So, I don't know. It's just, it, it's just two years too late for $10 million. So, with Coleman, it's kind of weird. Like, he would be a great number two back on a lot of teams, but he just won't accept that. Which, honestly, though, that's what
1: he needs right now. He needs to be a number two back to prove he can stay healthy. And he might be worth one more big contract.
0: Yeah, take a two-year deal, five six million a year. Be a number two to a, like a, a a Barkley, a Sanders of I don't know somebody out west. Freaking um, Eckler, I, I don't know. Go 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 to some team that needs some help. Go to Tampa. Stick it to the Falcons. Like work with Ronald Jones. <clears throat> I can see him going. I think he
1: would work well with the Saints, too. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the Saints want to run a two-back system.
0: Yeah.
1: Not a knock against Kamara, but it's it's worked well with Ingram. I can see Freeman maybe taking less money to go there.
0: Definitely. All right. Next up. Reggie Bush uh, said the other day that he has an issue with the NCAA. And he actually has a point. He spoke out about how the, the guidance of the of college football and college athletics has been lacking. And he says it's something that's got to get worked on. And he's got a point. I mean, speaking from a guy who basically took benefits and lost the Heisman trophy, I do think right now in college sports, I know there's a big topic to chop on, but I think a lot of the issue is these kids are looking for a payday right out of college. And these guys treat them like they're superstars when they still haven't made a damn buck for themselves yet. Well, yeah, they're making a little money for the, um, But now, especially with the new payment systems, I really do think at this point, guidance with these athletes needs to be more instituted than ever. Because these guys need get endorsement deals, especially the Stars, are going to get thrown at them left and right. And I feel like we're going to see some of it backfire.
1: I, I think the NCAA, when they institute payment, it's going to be so regulated, I don't see it backfiring that much. Because they've been dragging their feet on the fears, they have to have a somewhat of a contingency plan. They had to have known. The NCAA is a smart organization. They had to have known. Eventually they would have to. And if they're as smart as I think they are, as horrible as I think they are, they should have been planning for this. Plus also, well, if anyone but Reggie Bush said this, I'd listen to it a bit more. <laughs> but it's Reggie... Reggie Bush, I'm sorry. You don't want college players getting played? Getting paid? Excuse me? What... I'm not listening to you about this. That's like taking economic advice from Stalin.
0: <coughs> yeah. I, I think it's just – it's – I think only because it came from Bush – sorry. It, uh, basically, maybe had a little bit of validity because he got caught because he had no guidance. But at the same time, I see what you're saying. Because it's the guy who did get busted for this, it doesn't sound great. Spin
1: Zone. Maybe he's just mad that he got caught, and he doesn't want anyone else to get paid because of that.
0: True. All right, last one, Kev. The mat. Before we go into our home run derby, Kev, what did you think of the match? Tiger, Phil, Brady, Manning. I
1: watched the first hole, and then I remembered why I hate watching golf. Hmm? I, I was. I figured. Any clips or highlights I wanted to see, I could find on YouTube after. And then from what I've read about it after, there weren't wasn't much. They didn't talk as much shit as people wanted. I wanted them to go in. Like, yeah, Peyton Manning had that dig early when talking about who he would take to caddy, going, oh, maybe I'll take Eli. Maybe I'd bring Nick Foles. Uh, probably Bill Belichick. Like, that's funny. I was expecting more stuff like that. Like And um part of my take mentioned this, and but it's the perfect thing I would have wanted to have seen. If Peyton hits a ball short, someone goes, oh, you probably should have asked your wife for some more HGH. Stuff like that. I wanted to see them going at each other because it seems like Peyton and Tom, at least, have a good sense of humor. Yeah. Like when Peyton brought up Nick Foles, Tom went, oh,
0: that's a cheap shot. Like laughing about it, though. And Tom at one point tried to step on the Vols uh, head cover that, that uh, Peyton had. Yeah, I mean, it's,
1: <clears throat> I would have enjoyed it more if they allowed, or not even allowed, if they just did that more. I didn't expect to see it <clears throat> from Phil and Tiger, but I wanted to see it from Tom and Peyton.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. I really look at it from the sense that I am not a golf watcher. I love, like, you know, back nine, Tiger in the lead, or Tiger in the top, in the top four. Yes, I will watch it. That's just great sports. But uh, to me, it's just like, guys, really? Like, I, I watched the clips, and I'm like, oh, wait, that's it? Like, that's all because I, I don't have TNT right now. And I'm like, I watch the highlights, and I'm just like, this is, this is insane. This is, like, really kind of boring. This is like I'm watching them. I also feel like the fact they play with pro golfers made it a little less trash talky. Like, there's a lot less smack talk than there should be because Tiger and Phil, once they get on, I think it's a natural habit just to zone in and not talk the entire time. Whereas Peyton and Tom are in a sport where trash talking is not only encouraged, it's celebrated. So, I don't know. I do like it, though. I, the concept was great. It, it was still it still got the highest amount of views of any golf te- golf on cable ever. Six million total viewers. That's pretty good.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's also for a good cause. It raised $20 million or more for uh, the all-in challenge, I think.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, overall, it's a good story. It's a feel-good thing. I'm happy that Tyron and Peyton won because I hate Mickelson, and I think Manning's hysterical, even though his family basically is a mafia family in the NFL. Yeah. All right, so, Kev you want to talk FPI or do you want to talk home run derby first? Ooh, that that's up to you. Cause FPI, I'm going to lose my shit. Um, home run derby. You're going to lose your shit. Yeah, I am. All right. So, you know what? Let's get like, as I try to regain myself, folks, I was just playing football outside in the sun for three hours and I was running around a lot, which I didn't realize how out of shape I was. Weight loss is a journey, not a sprint folks. Um, We'll let Kevin go crazy. So, Kev, I'll do the lead-in for the Home Run Derby, and then you just slam it home. And then we'll, we'll, we'll read off our brackets. All right, so for the What If Home Run Derby, the contestants, Ken Griffey Jr., Christian Yellich, the Guerreros, Vlad and Vlad Jr., A-Rod, Aaron Judge, Frank Thomas, Mike Trout, John Carlos Stanton, Big Poppy, Mark McGuire, Pete Alonso, Hank Aaron, Bryce Harper, Bellinger, and Barry Bonds. Now, I love the new school, old school. If they tie, if they, if they had it as that, as like a what if home runs over the new school sluggers versus the old school, all the all timers, almost like they're doing like 2K or like when you do like the like the all all star team versus the all time team, like the all 25 versus the Canton Greats or something like that for Madden, That would be great if they labeled that. The way they labeled it was Greatest Sluggers of All Time. And that's why my boy Kev is about to knock people out of the park. So Kev, before we do our bracket, let's
1: hear your beef. Before I go in on this, I want to point out I like some of the matchups. It just makes sense. The Guerrero's going at it, that makes sense. Judge and Rodriguez makes sense. Bonds and Belcher both playing in California makes sense. However, you're going to tell me it's the all-time what-if derby, and you're going to leave off. Mm. The guy who led, who hit the most home runs in baseball history until Hank Aaron broke it, Barry Bonds. Okay, fine. There's enough knocks on him. Barry There's Bonds Not. Why do I keep doing that? Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth, yeah. It's been a long day, guys. Sorry. Babe Ruth, you're going to leave him off of it? I'm surprisingly okay with that one. Lazy, fat, drank a lot. Played, in the, played when, you know, it was a bunch of white guys throwing it around. Okay, my beef comes with the man who, in my opinion,
0: is the greatest hitter in baseball history, Teddy Ballgame. He wasn't a home run hitter. That, I see your point, and I knew you were going to make this point. But the thing is, dude, he was just as known for hitting doubles as he was hey, for hitting dig- Do you know how many home runs he would
1: have hit about if he didn't give up five years of his career to military service? Very true. 695. He'd be third off. Third off. He would have been second by the time he by the time he retired. Respectable. And that's taking. So he served forty three to forty five in the military as a pilot during Mm -hmm. World War II. So I took he hit thirty seven and thirty six the two years prior. I took thirty six, multiplied it by three, and then in fifty two and fifty three he got called back for the Korean War. Played six games in 52, 37 and 53. Mm-hmm. I took those two numbers out of his home run totals and took the year prior he hit 28. So I took that multiplied by 2, added that in. 695. And you're not going to include him on the greatest sluggers all time. They didn't all even right. put- I would I would pull
0: I would pull probably um I'd pull Thomas at that point. I'd pull a lot of guys at that point. I would still put an A Rod. He's fifth all time in home run, fourth all time in home runs. I wouldn't pull A Rod. I wouldn't pull A Rod either. Um, I want to keep Griff because the most Pierce. I like the Griff Yelich matchup because both of their swings are so pretty. Here's who I would take out: Pete Alonso or Cody Bellinger,
1: Ted Williams.
0: But that would be the, right It's the
1: old school versus new school. Okay, so you're not going to put. An old school player who played 19 years, who's one of the best hitters in baseball history, hit for power and consistently. He wasn't one of these guys like Mike Napoli who was hitting 200, but 35 bombs. He hit 42 home runs one year.
0: All right, then putting him in ahead of Poppy. I don't like or McGuire. Like, seriously, like because at the end of the day, I got what they were doing. I just think they left out Williams and that's that's a crime. But like they could have easily yanked, um, Ortiz, Maguire, or um, what's his face, Frank Thomas. I know your love for Big Poppy. I'm just saying, like he's a little lower on the home runs list than some of the other guys are. He's and in it because of the clutchness of his home runs. True, but Alonso shouldn't be in it over Ted Williams. But he'd be per- he'd be a perfect matchup with Mike Trout because Mike Trout is for average and power. What they should have done is. Because I, I think they're trying to do a modern day counterpart kind of deal. Take out Alonzo, put in Ortiz,
1: and then put in Ted Williams. David Ortiz is much more contemporary than Ted Williams, and also you know Pete Alonzo is in what his third year.
0: Yeah. If that no, wasn't he just Rookie of the Year? Dude, they, I think they took literally the la- like the last like all the, like the like the modern day sluggers. They literally took the, the, this, all the sluggers from like right now and they threw them in. Okay. For one half of the matchups. Okay, fine. Put in Albert Pujols over Pete Alonso. But you're missing my point, Kev. It's the, it's the Sluggers who are in the league now. Albert Pujols is in the league now. I'm talking the prime Sluggers, the guys who are in the home run derby. Pools ain't in the home run derby. That's what I think they were going for. And I think we should go get Stevie Double Dribbles on this for clarification or something. Because I, it's, I, I get what you're saying, but like the way they set it up, Old school versus new school in every single matchup. And that's the way it's been set up. Like, I mean, if Pujols replaced Frank Thomas and Ted Williams replaced Ortiz or Pujols replaced Maguire, that's fine. But the reason they did Trout, Alonzo, Bryce Harper, Bellinger, Stanton, Judge, Guerrero Jr. and Yeltsin, because those are like the eight most dominant sluggers right now in the league. The only one they're missing is like Goldie. And that's it. I... My, my biggest argument with the players who they picked, not the players they picked,
1: is Pete Alonzo. Oh, like know, but the thing is, I'm trying to explain why they put them no, in. No, I understand why. I understand what you're saying. It's still ridiculous. Either Baseball needs to better explain, like, we're doing certain players against the current guys, or they need to not put Pete Alonzo in it.
0: Yeah, they should have labeled it better. I get that.
1: If they're going to completely ignore some of the best hitters in history— don't put fucking Pete Alonso in it.
0: Guy in his second season. I think that what they try to do also, they were trying to appeal to all the young fans who really only know Judge Alonso, Yelich, guys like us who grew up with everyone from like Luis. You ask them who Luis Gonzalez is, they're like, "Who?" I'm like, you know, hit a walk off in 2001, had the one of the greatest single seasons ever, you know. Hit like 310, 57 dingers, 140 RBIs, but nobody knows who he was. And then, you know, you talk about Pujols. I'm like, oh, the old guy who hits for the Angels? It's like, come on. Meanwhile, I'm arguing for a guy who retired in 1960. Who unfortunately passed away in 02. Biggest crime ever. He not he never got to see the Sox win a title.
1: Yeah, I, I was three at the time. But coolest moment is watching the clips from the 1999 All-Star game. When they had it at Fenway and they had uh, Ted Williams come out, and, like, all the players are going up to him and, like, give, saying hi and stuff.
0: Yeah, I saw clips of that. It's really cool. Like, my first memory of baseball was the All-Star, was 0-2 All-Star game. I mean, also, Ted Williams is
1: in the Fishing Hall of Fame. Can you say that about any of these guys? No.
0: All right, so Back- now that – I know it's disrespectful, Kevin. All right, so now that you've gotten your anger out of the way, are you ready to do your bracket? Yeah. All right, here we go. In the battle of the sweet swings, Griff versus uh, Yalich Who you got? Uh,
1: that's one of the ones I agree with. I'm doing. I didn't do this prior. I'm just doing this on the fly.
0: So Griff or Yellow show you Got Oh, I have, um, I have Griffey. Yeah, I do too. All right. The battle of the Vlads. I got to go with kid here because Vlad, Ju- Vlad senior was more of a doubles hitter. Vlad could hit the ball anywhere on the field from anywhere in the, ba- near the batter's box. But the problem was Vlad, never hit the moon shots. His kid is just a pure monster. So I got to go with Vlad Jr. here.
1: Yeah, I got to go Jr.
0: All right. Then we've got Judge versus A-Rod. I'm going with A-Rod only because that man had the purest power swing besides Griffey I'd ever watched as a kid. And it was – it could hit any – he literally – I swear to God, was hitting for contact at the time he hit it out. I think because Judge has got such that wonky swing, it's yeah. going to be A-Rod. Uh, is, is this
1: post or pre-steroids for A-Rod?
0: I'm talking prime A-Rods. So I'm talking HGH. Well, he was off HGH by 06, and he still hit like 58 home runs. Yeah, no, I'm going A-Rod either way because Judge will probably strike out while trying to uh... – <laughs> Even like even post-steroid Arod hit like 50 dingers, which is what, it's just insane to think about. Which raises the question. Why the hell were you taking steroids, bud? Because it was Texas. I think everyone on that team was taking roids at one point. True. Yeah. All right, so and then finally John the, the battle of the big beefers. John Carlo or Frank Thomas? I'm going Frank Thomas
1: because if they're gonna put these guys in as the current sluggers,
0: John Carlo Stanton sucks now. If he going to take them right now. If you're talking Marlins John Carlo, then I got John Carlo. Yeah, but if you're taking Moans, but if you're taking them on the Yankees. Give me the hurt all day. Yeah, give give me like give me mid mid ninety late nineties White Sox Frank Thomas, just hitting the ball with one arm basically to the moon. All right, so we all we both agreed on Frank. We both agreed on A Rod. We both agreed on Vlad, and we both agreed on Griff. So other side of the bracket, Trout or Poppy? Poppy. All right. This needs, clutch, this needs clutch hitting.
1: In a bracket like this, you need to be a clutch hitter to get to the next round. David Ortiz is the
0: most clutch hitter in baseball history. That is true. I I was going to say Trout, but I also think Trout, half of his problem is he is such a good contact hitter. And he's so well-versed fundamentally. He will hit line drives off the wall more than he'll hit it over the fence. I don't think he can adjust his swing like that. Well, Poppy, that's all he could do. So I will actually agree with you here. You talked me into Ortiz the more I thought about it. Because the thing is, Ortiz has a power swing. He was never a doubles hitter. It was he hit it out of the park or he, or he walked. It, it,
1: well, there was another thing. He either hit it out of the park or hit a long
0: single. <laughs> or a long ground roll double. Because that was one short-ass fence in right field. All right. Uh, you got the polar bear versus the guy who lied to Congress. Uh, Ted Williams. I'm not
1: – this one – no, I'm not respecting this decision. Ted Williams.
0: All right, I'm just going to go – I'm going to speak for both of us here while Kev sits off in the corner and, and cries and yells. Legitimate tears, by the way. I'm going to say McGuire because we're talking Roy's McGuire, holy Jesus, that man probably could have hit 80 home runs if there were more games. I got Mac coming uh, out of that bracket. Write down Ted Williams for me. We're in. Right. Ted, Ted is going to possess the ghost of Mark McGuire. Um, All right, Hank Aaron, Bryce Harper. This is weird. Like because Hank was so skinny but so strong, where Bryce has like the most like stupidest looking home run swing. I tried to imitate it once playing softball. I fouled it off so far to the left I hit a scoreboard.
1: Imagine if Hank Aaron, Aaron Hank Aaron did steroids,
0: bro. He probably hit 900 home runs. Because he had the – he was also, like, top 10 all time in doubles, too. Like, the guy was just a free hitter. He's the greatest baseball player nobody talks about that much. I have an autographed ball and picture of him on my wall right now.
1: Yeah, no, he's just – I have one of those – Um, I love the the T-shirt jerseys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I was coming back from school once, my dad and I took a detour to Atlanta. and we went to a Braves game. And that's the one thing I had to buy, a Braves Hank Aaron
0: T-shirt. I would have bought Chipper Jones or Hank Aaron because I love Chipper as a kid. So Well, I love the – it's like the, the lighter blue with the – Yeah. Sprints. So we're both on Hank there? Yeah. The problem is with Bryce, I feel like he'd get too much in his own head.
1: He'd be too busy making sure his hair looked good.
0: Yeah, true. Or trying to be more Philadelphia than he has to be. All right, last but not least, the, ba- the boys from Cali – Barry Bonds or Cody Bellinger. This is not, unfortunately for Cody Bellinger, he has to play the greatest left-handed hitter of all time. Because Barry Bonds, before he even took Roids, was on pace to hit 600 home runs. He had ridiculous contact, and he could run. Then he turned into a walking tank and hit everything in the McCovey Cove. If he didn't take steroids and was healthy, he he would be regarded as one of the best baseball players ever. I still, I, like, I am. I wrote an article about this last year, folks, and you, you all know my opinion. Baseball profited so much and off of the steroid era, let these guys in. Oh, I don't mean necessarily like because of the steroids. Slap He's not. a little, slap a little note next to them. These guys were suspected or can or or like proven to take steroids, but so is ninety percent of that era. Yeah, I'm. I think put them in. Put them in a separate wing if you want. Mm splitting No, like they, ah. get
1: their, they get their main plaque with the rest of them, but then there's a separate wing where you go Yeah, they, there's, and there's the play steroid play. wing. Like, see yeah. steroid wing next to their plaque. Yeah, and it's you got guys like him. Mark McGuire, it's going to kill me to say this.
0: Roger Clemens. I mean, was A-Rod actually ever convicted? Like, was ever, like, proven that he took it? Yes. Okay. It, he wasn't a member. Or
1: he might have been, but it was also other stuff. He wasn't a member of that '03 3 list that came out. That they just had a banned substance, but it didn't say what? He just took weren't... HGH. What? A Rod took HGH, right? Yeah, that O3
0: list, by the way, I forget what it's called, is bullshit. Also, half the substances that were banned on that list weren't banned in 03, including HGH when A-Rod took it. And that... steroids. What? Baseball technically didn't make steroids illegal, I think, until 04. That's why this whole thing is stupid. If you got a bit caught after 04, totally understandable. Anybody who was on that list before and got caught before that became, HGH didn't become illegal in baseball until 07, 08.
1: Yeah, uh,
0: it sounds, I'm not 100% sure though. Yeah, that's why the whole A-Rod not getting in the hall argument just pisses me off. Yes, okay, fair, transparency, he was one of my favorite players growing up along with Randy Johnson. Ironically, like just two polar opposite players, but yeah, I mean, I hate A-Rod.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, whenever I think A-Rod, the first thing I think of is him swatting at the glove. Of, oh, I forget his of, name.
0: Um, Red Sox player. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. Bill Mueller. Yeah. Swatting at that glove in the playoffs. That's the first thing I think of when I think A-Rod. Yeah. But I'm also a Red Sox fan. True. He should be in the hall. So
0: that's why I like. Bush should be in the hall. Barry Bonds certainly should be in the hall. Rafael Palmero still should be in the Hall. Dude was, like, one of the fastest 300, 3,000 guys. 500, 3,000 guys. And I think for, I think the steroid era, first off, the guys who were clean in that era
1: and still dominated, like Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson. Never even had a sniff of steroids around him.
0: Dominated. Yeah. That dude should get two plaques. Yeah, seriously. Him and – well, no, when they win the Hall of Fame, I said to my buddy, those are the two greatest pitchers – Of a modern generation. Because here's the thing. Johnson, there's no way he could have taken steroids. Kev, he was skinnier than my microphone stand. And threw 110, like 105 off the mound. His slider hit 97. He blew up a bird. Okay? Like, damn. He was the best lefty pitcher of all time. And then you throw in Pedro Martinez. Who threw 99 at at the height of 5'11". Yeah, Pedro was a beast. Pedro was an – ant. they were two different styles. They both threw gas, but their-, their punch-out pitch was different. Randy's was a slider that basically could cut a tree in half, and Pedro's was a changeup that would make you spin in your shoes. You want to hear a funny story
1: about Pedro, actually? Sure. Before we get to Brown 2 of the bracket? Yes. Do you know why he got in the league? No. His brother was a promising prospect, and one of his brother's teammates had seen Pedro pitch and was like, hey – like, give this guy a chance. So they signed him. And his brother is a footnote in history. That's his biggest claim to fame. Because of him, Pedro got in the league.
0: Mm. That's how ha- I feel like that's happened to a lot of athletes before. Yeah, it's
1: just funny to me that there are so many great athletes who... And it makes sense, like, because they were overlooked, they had to drive and stuff, but they had to scrap to even get a chance. And then once they did... Man, oh man, they just took it.
0: I, re- I really hate that around like 04, I really didn't get to see Dominic Pedro after 04 05. Yeah, part of me wishes I could
1: go back to like a game because like 99 Pedro was dominant and up until 04. Part of me wish I could just go back in time to like 99 just to go to a Red Sox game and watch Pedro.
0: I wish I could go back to 01 to watch like vintage, like 30 year old. Randy Johnson, and just watch him blast guys. I got to see him pitch live once, and it was just like... He took on Levon Hernandez, and I watched Hernandez get lit up like a Christmas tree. It was a Diamondbacks-Yankees game, by the way. And then that that Diamondbacks team also had Kurt Schilling. And Luis Gonzalez, Tony Wolmax, Steve Finley. You know, honestly, the more we look at that team... And they had byung Young Kim, who at the time was like one of the most dominant closers in the league because nobody could hit that submarine he threw.
1: True. Speaking of guys who should be in the Hall of Fame but aren't, Kurt Schilling's not in the Hall of Fame for a completely different reason.
0: Yeah, he's crazy.
1: Yes. He also bankrupted the state of Rhode Island. How did he do that? He had a gaming studio, 38 games, and they... The state, so they had a came out with a big game. It was supposed to be a game. I forget what it was called, and it tanked badly, and they had to get a buyout from the state. Oh my god! Or a bailout, rather. And (laughs) also, you know, his Twitter is very questionable.
0: Yeah, he's there. There are like you know people who lean to the right, like you know my father, me to an extent. Political side, I technically try to lean in the middle when I can because I try not to draw politics in any sports, because I think politics are for idiots. Um, but arguing politics are for idiots. Um, Disgusting's different. Kurt Schilling is so far right, he's, like, starting to slap the ne- the end of the needle a little bit. Yeah, he makes the Tea Party look socialist, honestly. Yeah, I completely forgot about them. Um, yeah. Oh,
1: another... I have another fun story. Okay. So I used to work for a guy... Who played for the Red Sox a couple years, blew out his arm, and just kind of toiled away in the minors after a bit. And he played, though, with Kurt Schilling, and knew him, and was friendly with him. And saw him one day at a parking lot, and, like, Curt Schilling pulled up. He was like, hey, Kurt, how you doing? And he goes, who the fuck are you? It, and was just a dick to him. So, also, Kurt Schilling, kind of an asshole.
0: Yeah, you know what's so crazy is, like, the one thing, like, I heard about Johnson was, like, He's just kinda of like a gentle giant. He doesn't like being bothered by people. I'm like, well, if you're six foot ten and you pitch in the majors, I wouldn't either. Everyone says most athletes are dicks, but, but like half the time, you also have to look at it. What were you doing? Like the chilling thing, yes, that was a dick move, but like how much are you trying to shove an autograph in the guy's face? Yeah, no,
1: like if he was out to dinner and someone went up to him when he when he's with his family, it's like, Oh my god, Kurt I look, can you sign? blah blah blah? And like 50, you're the last guy at 50 people
0: to do that yeah then I'd be kind of annoyed I'm yeah. trying to enjoy time with my family but if like if you're the if you're in the if like let's say you're well, you walk out of the, your bathroom and you're the, he's like you're both the sink he goes hey mr. Schilling you might have to get an autograph quick like discreetly or like my a buddy of mine I work with he was at a gas station in Bristol runs into Jerry rice walks up to him and goes hey hey Jerry he goes he goes he goes he, he asked for a minute he got an, I think he got an autograph like Jerry was really cool about it but, like, that's kind of, like, the way I feel like you have to be with celebrities because, like, one, they don't want you going full lunatic on them. But, two, but like, they don't want 60 people running over trying to get an autograph and trying to get a payday. Yeah, no. like, if I saw an athlete out
1: and about, if I talked to them because I am a very, very shy person, which is surprising how I act here. But I would probably walk up to them and be like, hey, man, what's up? And then walk away. Like, I wouldn't want to draw attention to them because
0: they're just out trying to enjoy their day. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, if I'm at, like, if I'm out and about, let's say, like, let's say I go on vacation to Miami, and I see Playmaker walking down the street, I'm like, yo, Playmaker, can I get a picture with you? Can we throw up for you together? And if he says, sure, and he does not nah, buzz off, like, hey, man, listen, have a good day. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. yeah, it's like, that, like, the thing is, at the end of the day, there are just people, you and me, they just made more money and, like, have more public recognition than you and me do.
1: Yeah, and I understand the argument that people make, like, oh... They made millions of dollars because people like me are fans. They can at least give me the respect. No, first off, they don't owe you any respect. They did not make millions of dollars because of you. They made millions of dollars because owners decided to pay them that much. Because idiots like you watch the games every day. Yeah, and I don't think athletes should be a dick to you if you just go up and be like, hey, can I just get a quick picture? What
0: DeMarcus Lawrence did last year to the Giants fan, that was just off. I also just hate DeMarcus Lawrence, period, but... Like I've seen, like I've heard of stories, like athletes, like you know, taking a pose, like saying next to a guy. Like a buddy of mine said he ran to Brent Selleck one time. When he was in Philadelphia. Seleck was a total tom, like, right? Were you wearing your Cowboys hat? Like seriously, like, like because also I know how I know how my buddy is. My buddy also met the late Roy Holiday, umpired his kid's game up in Cooperstown. He said Roy was like the coolest dude on the planet. So I think it's it's definitely kind of a circumstantial thing. Like let's say I I'm I'm a, I'm a Safety for the Eagles, and I just got torched by Amari Cooper the day before, and I'm in a bad mood. And I just got chewed up by Peterson. I'm walking down the street, and I got some kid walk up, some dude walk up, and we go, "Yo, man, you want some on jersey quick?" Be like, "Nah, dude, f off." Because, like, I get it. Like at that point, like, some of that, you, they're human beings. I think that's what people what people got to realize. But that's that shilling story stories hysterical because it doesn't surprise me at all. No. I also that was heard, a nice quote. Like, I had a bunch of I had a friend a friend's dad who worked at ESPN. He gave me a tour, and he was telling me all these stories about which athletes who worked at ESPN were complete tools. And I have a list for you off camera, Kev. And it's hysterical. I even know which sportscasters were like. I met my hero. One of my heroes, Colin Coward, nicest guy in the world. Like the whole the whole mentality he has on the field. He's a big dork off camera. Stephen A. and Skip are like the nicest people in the world, apparently which i find awesome yeah i mean
1: also um live coward on tiktok is just a must follow for whenever colin's in her oh it's
0: hysterical
1: Uh, i love them
0: i mean she's definitely enjoying the fact that her daddy makes eight figures and or whatever colin makes and is you know moved her to la she's definitely enjoying that part of her life as a teenager we would enjoy that too though yeah, like if my dad hit a huge deal or your dad hit a huge deal on something or our moms or, or whatever or stepmoms, whatever, it would be like, dude, are you kidding me? I would love to live in a nice house in L.A. and go to a nice school. So, listen, I got nothing but respect, man. She's living it up. And you know what? Colin pa- – I've heard every story in the book from Coward. Dude paid his dues, got, got got big, and made made big on it. Like it's like the whole Joe Rogan thing. Everyone's getting mad. Joe Rogan got paid a buttload of money for his podcast to pay work for Spotify exclusively. That's the American dream, man. Like, dude sold – basically he's doing $100,000 a year, $100 million a year to just do his podcast for Spotify.
1: Yeah, and I have issues with Colin Coward and the stuff he says on air. I don't think he's a bad person. I don't have any issues with him personally. Kev, I have issues with your sports takes on air. Yeah, I know you do. But you don't have issues with me personally. No. Well, There's a difference between disagreeing with someone and then also – Hating them as a person because you disagree with
0: their takes. No, that don't. I don't really think I hate anybody's takes and disagree with them as a person. I pity their stupidity, and there nobody nobody really professionally do I hate them as a person because of their takes. I think that's very unprofessional. So let's say Kev, let's say I get hired, like I get somehow by some miracle, you know, I get my, I, you know, I send a good reel out and I get picked up by some sports talk radio. Somebody hates my takes. But they, they look at like oh on oh, Jersey's screw, oh there's pictures of him and his kids, oh there's a picture with, you know, him and his dog out of the park, him and his parents back in Connecticut, whatever. I don't I, I I try to I think it comes back to you know like a golden rule, just treat us like you like to be treated, man. you especially if you're in the public eye. But we've gone to change tangent for ten minutes, Kev. Back to the bracket. First round of the first match of the second round, Griff versus Vladdy Jr. I got to go Griff. Mm. Yeah, he won. Also, Griff got – also, Vlad Jr. got robbed. Yeah, well, no. I just think that swing – and I
1: know Guerrero's got a good swing too, but I just can't – you can't bet against the kid. Endurance.
0: And the the Griff's got more. I got to go with Griff as well. A-Rod versus Thomas. I got to go A-Rod here. I think Frank, as much as he has just raw pop off the bat, I think A-Rod is just such a well-tuned machine as a hitter that he can just keep hitting balls all day. I feel like during the off-seasons where he, like, got knocked out of the playoffs early, he probably sat in the cage for seven hours blasting balls through the back wall. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. He seems like he's that obsessive about losing. All right, so in the finals for the left side of the bracket, we have Griff versus A Rod, and then for the other side, Big Poppy versus.
1: We did not do the other
0: one. Yes, we did. We, we talked about do. Griff we, and Guerrero. No, we have to talk about the second. No, we talked. It was A Rod versus Judge. You know, A- yeah, it was A Rod versus uh, Frank. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Oh, you? you oh, you just nodded with me. People didn't hear about it. What do you think about A Rod versus
1: Frank? I mean, that's an easy choice. Sorry, I also got distracted texting my boss. It's a
0: run. All right, so there you go. That's the second match I've done as Kev yelled at me. I just look for every chance I can to yell at you. True. All right, next up, David Ortiz versus the ghost of Ted Williams and Mark McGuire. It's not the ghost of Ted Williams. It's prime Ted Williams. Kev, we got to stick with the bracket they gave us. No, we do not.
1: My right as a US citizen is I have the right to protest. I
0: am protesting this bracket. This is a authority. I am the superhero, you're my sidekick. I'm calling pulling rank here. (laughs) Then fucking call me the red hood, because I'm going Ted Williams. Oh jeez. That's my favorite Batman. That's the only like DC guy I like besides Deathstroke. Fine. Ted Williams versus David Ortiz. I'm going Mark McGuire slash Ted Williams. I'm going Ted Williams. I all love right. David Ortiz, but Ted Williams. But in, and also in both cases, he would lose to either guy because Mac had more muscle on him than like some Greek gods, and Ted they Williams probably. T- yeah, Ted Williams had this country boy pop man. That thing was just out the park. All right, on the other side, the two greatest home run hitters of all time: Hank Aaron versus Barry Bonds. Oh, this is tough. I feel like I gotta go Bonds though. But, like, it's also, like, Frank, like, but also, Aaron played in the dead ball era. I'm looking at this as either Barry
1: Bonds got bopped in between rounds because of steroids. Or Hank Aaron's doing steroids.
0: Either way, it's Hank Aaron. I'm looking at Hank Aaron had to play with, like, these dead baseballs. And I feel like Barry Bonds would probably run out of juice. Hank Aaron played baseball for, what, 22 years? He played for a while. It twenty three years. Twenty three years. That man in his prime, with the modern technology we have, would probably hit eighty home runs a year. Because ballparks were deeper back then, man. Remember the Polo Grounds?
1: Okay, the Polo Grounds were a little bit before Hank Aaron's Where the hell
0: is Willie Mays in this list? Okay, another reason why this list is stupid. You know, Willie Mays. That's not the dream home run derby. This is just new school versus old school. And how the hell is Poppy in over Mays or McGuire over Williams? This list is bad. Now you're seeing my point. I do. Now I just realized I love Willie Mays. He's probably the greatest player of all time. Yeah. Hey, come on, baseball. Uh, MLB went way too hard on the ratings here. All right, fine. We have Hank versus Ted Williams slash Mark McGuire. We know he's going to win that one. And then on the other side of the bracket we have A Rod versus Griff. So basically we have 90s versus 40s, 50s with the ghost of the 90s. Do you want All
1: right. To okay.
0: We're going we're going the other side first. Griff versus A Rod. This is tough. It's gonna be like Hamilton versus Morneau. It's gonna come down to like the last swing. I I I just listen. I watched both in their prom, I watched junior at the end of his prime and i watched a rod from beginning to end of his prime there was no more guarantee i had than watching a rod hit a ball into the next county the only guy who ever saw who had a more pure swing with more power was like upton but upton was so inconsistent at the play it didn't matter but a rod had so much power off of a a effortless swing i gotta go a rod Oh,
1: I I, I got to go. I'm sticking with the kid. All right, this is where we differ. Yeah, because honestly, and this is a bit of a hot take. Ken Griffey Jr. is also up there. Not really a hot take. Ken Griffey Jr. is up there for the best player
0: ever. Tough, tough. I would put A-Rod in there too. That's the thing. A-Rod's top 10, so is Griff. But Griff is like five. A-Rod's seven. Yeah. Also, Ken Griffey Jr. saved a franchise. True.
1: Do you know how many seasons the Mariners had before Ken Griffey Jr. got there above 500? I think it was like two or three, right? There were none. Ken Griffey Jr. got there in 1989. Prior to
0: that, their best finish was 78 and 84. Then they got A-Rod, no, then they got Johnson, then they got A-Rod, they got Jay Bueller, they got Edgar Martinez, Ichiro, they had a loaded roster. When did Ichiro get there? Oh, one, so Griff was already gone. Griff was gone. Griff was gone, so was Randy. Randy got dealt in 98. A-Rod got dealt in 2000. But it took
1: Ken Griffey Jr. three seasons to get this team above 500.
0: Ken Griffey Jr. all day. I will go with A-Rod only because if you're gonna talk, you're talking all-time players. Yes, I'll give you Griff. But we're talking home run derby. I gotta go A-Rod. Okay. All right. And the other side, Ted Williams versus Hank Aaron. I gotta keep going with Hank, only because that dude had some like country boy strength that I could not fathom. Kev, he was so skinny, but he hit the ball miles what? Where the hell is Mickey Mantle? Because I was drunk at yeah. the time. Right. This yeah. MLB. Mickey, I, Mickey Mantle is one of my all-time favorite players of all time. He's the only Yankee shirt I still have. From like, it's like, I love the I love Mickey Mantle. He's, Mickey Mantle hit the longest unofficial home run in Major League Baseball history: five sixty-eight. That's insane. No, that was that was basically with a club and a stone ball. Okay. Next next episode, we have to come up with our own bracket. True. All right. Third, no live stream. We're doing our own bracket.
1: Ooh, come up with our own bracket. Leave it up to Twitter to decide.
0: Yes. Love it. All right. I think I think uh, this I think this week, folks, we're gonna go with we might have a nice uh, little theme for you. Um. So here we go. I have a Rod versus Frank. Who is taking on Griffin Your final? This is a protest vote, but it's also – that was a
1: conservative estimate. I have no doubts in my mind that if Ted Williams had those five years
0: back, he would have broken the home run record. Give me Teddy Ballgame. All right. So you have Teddy Ballgame versus the kid. I I have Hank Aaron versus A-Rod. And here's the thing. If A-Rod didn't lose those two or three years at the end of his career – like, where he just kind of fell off, and then they finally switched him to DH, and he hit, like, 30 home runs. Everyone's like, wait, what? I'm like, huh, if you guys treat him like it. I think A-Rod would have came, would have finished with, like, seven thirty, seven forty, if the Yankees switched him over to DH earlier in his career.
1: Yeah, but my thing is, he played those years still.
0: He could have given up on fielding. <laughs>
1: like, hey, a career
0: sure was just odd. Awesome. He also got injured a lot towards the end of his career. Like the surprising. Also, put steroids, in a you well, put in 19 years, right? Yeah, might have been. Also, but he was already like 10 years, almost 10 years removed from the steroids when he was done. Well, yeah, but also, I mean, when you take steroids, your body will then break down fast. It was HGH. So HGH really won't have your – the effects of HGH are less on body breakdown. They're more or less on strength loss over time. Okay, so again – a Rod probably shouldn't have cheated. Still was one of the greatest players of all time. I, I could give a shit about the steroids, honestly. I think you call it cheating. I just call it a legal bone up at the time. Um. Anyway, so I have I have Hank beating A Rod only because, dude, that had that guy had mystical power. There is just something about that man. You give him a modern, the modern ball, the modern bat, everything going on. I think Aaron's sitting out there till like 1 a.m. just blasting balls in the first round over the fence. He might hit a couple off those, those the damn lights. Ah, So I'm going to go Teddy Ballgame. Ken, you literally just did this to be a pain in the butt, didn't you? No, I did it because I feel that strongly about it. Fair enough. Ted
1: Williams lost three years in his prime it wasn't like he was 30 going to fight you know the nazi war machine true actually i think he was in the pacific the japanese empire bringing freedom to the world he lost his 24 25 and 26 se- 26 year old seasons he lost a when a player is going to be starting their prime he was giving that up to fight for our freedom that 695 is a conservative estimate we're probably
0: talking like 715 oh no what's the record or what was the record 754 no a, 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 a before bonds or before Aaron so when when Williams retired it was 714. He's blowing that out of the water. I think he's putting about 750 up. I don't think he's beating Aaron, but I think he's definitely getting close. Aaron I think had Aaron a real would probably out. hit more still because
1: you're asking for – that's about a 60 or a
0: 55 home run difference over I five I thought about another guy whose career got cut short, but that was because of the disease. Imagine how many home runs Lou Gehrig would have hit. He was a better player than Babe Ruth. Yeah, so this list, MLB, that's what we've... Oh, it no, I'm not, not, for not putting Gehrig on. Gehrig is, like, another... He has another, like, mystic around him. Like, like, what if Teddy Ballgame didn't go to war? What if Lou Gehrig didn't catch ALS? There
1: are so many guys they could have put on this over the current players they took. They could have just done old-time guys. They don't even have to put the new guys in. Like... Jeff
0: Bagwell, 449 home runs in 15 years. It's Not a bad number at all. He also played, did he play like five, four or five years in the minors? He may have, but still, like, if you're in the pros for 15 years and you're hitting
1: that many bombs, Adam Dunn, same thing. I don't love you Adam Dunn.
0: Oh, this list is so bad. I think that's – it doesn't. Oh, I matter. understand what they're trying to do. Their labeling was just crap. Because they, they, I know they were trying to get their modern market and their younger viewers who like the new guys like Judge and Bellinger and Yelich. I get that, but they're all time. If they're gonna, they should have done all time versus new school. It should have been sixteen. It should have been like thirty two guys. It should have been dead. But it should have been pre two thousand versus post two thousand. Yeah. Also, you know what I forget a lot.
1: Carl Yastrzemski played twenty three years. Yeah.
0: I'll give you 50 bucks if you can spell Yastrzemski right now. I can't. It's more Polish than Klumkevich, and I can't even spell my own last name fully expelled. Y-A-S-T-R-E. There's a Z in it.
1: M-S-K-I. No, there's a Z. I said Z. You said S. -s Y-A-S-T-R-Z-E-M-S-K-I.
0: Yastrzemski. Oh, look. Y-A-S-T-R-Z-E-M-S-K-I. Like I said, I can't spell in Polish. Bro, I can't even spell my own last name extended. If you can spell Klim Kevowitz, I will buy you a bottle of whiskey. You can't Google it. Kim Klebowitz? Kim Klim K? Kev- I can't even fucking pronounce it. Klim Kev-, Kev... Klim Kevowitz. Yes. That is my full last name. Before I got shot.
1: K-L-I-M... K-E-W-T-O-W-I-T-C.
0: No. No, Z. Z, not C. It ends in a Z, but you added, like, the T and the O you didn't need. You remember Polish pronunciation. It's weird how it's pronounced. I had, um, I remember freshman year college. This somebody had a shot a that- good effort. Uh, that was pretty close. Oh, um, yeah, no, that's where the shot at least. For uh, an, a guy with Italian,
1: Scottish, and French-Canadian heritage, like, that's pretty close. But I remember you I... You come uh, off like
0: an Irishman, which is hysterical to me. What? You come off like you're just 100% Irish, which is wait, I have a little bit of Irish in me, too, I think. But, like, those are the three main ones. Like,
1: I'm 40% Scottish, 25% Italian, and then, like, French-Canadian, Irish, British. But my freshman year college, we had to take a... Like a freshman introductory course, mm-hmm. and it was supposed to go like through take you through football games, buying tickets, and just getting used to the state, the campus. I took it second semester my freshman year, so it was a waste. Yeah, but the person who was my like she was a sophomore at that point, I think, or mm-hmm. junior. She was my leader. Her last name was Zapperzal. Z a p z a p r z a l, and she's like, here's the spelling. If anyone can guess what my heritage is, I will be impressed. Everyone's guessing, and I just go, Polish? She goes, how do you know that? Because like,
0: the Poles like putting Zs in random places. True. All right. That's our brackets. Last call, me and Kevin teaming up. Would you have any weird stuff before I go into the FBI? I have some weird stuff.
1: It's All more right. a funny thing. So during the match, the match two, actually... Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson wore similar outfits. And people asked, like, Peyton, are you going to wear something similar to a Tiger? And he refused to wear black and red because he said, I don't want to give Kirby Smart the chance to put that picture on Twitter.
0: That's hysterical. Love it. I love it. College football is just something else. All right. Last call. Let's kick that through jazz. All right, Kev. So the FPI, you sent me the FPI rankings. I looked at it while you were ranting about Ted Williams. And here is my beef. I have three. I have two beefs with them. Actually three. All right. So in the NFC East, I'm, Kev wanted me to explain to the folks at home, why the Cowboys, I do not have faith in them this year. They're going to go eight and eight. You should well, say
1: what the FPI thing. ranking is.
0: Can you explain this to folks? Cause I still don't, I only, I think it's projected wins or something like that. So it's, ESPN's NFL Power Football Power
1: Index And it's saying like Their chance to reach Each win total The Cowboys and the Eagles Have the same chance To reach ten, Nine or ten wins They have a and, 20- No they have the
0: same chance All the way to 14 It looks like It's identical Yeah neither team's Getting 14 wins though. Eagles might get 13 If the, if the receivers work out but I'll explain why later But I, I I have a lot of beef With the Cowboys Only because I'll explain it right now so, my first piece with Dallas versus Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a, right now, at their cap, unless Jalen Rieger is the second coming of Odell Beckham, they are not going to have more than 11, win, 11 wins this year. I love their draft class. I love that they're, now, now as I start thinking about more, I love that the receiving core has a couple of crafty veterans. Listen, I don't need Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffery to be dominant players every game. I need them to only be dominant in big games. That's what the young guys are for. So Carson say, hey, you run a 4 2 four-two-seven at your pro day, go. Just, just Carson has that country more. I'm just ripping. Miles Sanders is going to be a top 10 running back this year. I've been I've been touting that since the end of the season. Two, two of the, the best head end core in the league and arguably one of the best offensive lines in the league and an improved defense along with Darius Slay and a bunch of young guys. I love their team. Oh, and by the way, they got Javon Hardgrave. To put next to Fletcher Cox. The guy with a top 10 tackle next year. And they strapped him next to a top 2 tackle. Are you serious? Who's going to want to run inside on that? And now Cox is healthy. He wasn't healthy for the first 6 games of the year. He had a foot injury. So, another year of Barnett. Another year of a healthy Graham. Josh Sweat is even more... Josh Sweat came on last year at the end. He's going to be a very... He's a name you have to watch. Why I love Philadelphia, and it's not even because I'm a fan. It's because I literally had to watch them because I do cover them for this site. Not as much as Tom Beer and the other guys, but I watch them intensely because they're on my team. I have not been optimistic like this since 17, only because they improved all the spots they needed to improve without spending stupid amounts of cash. They now have a super deep receiving core... They don't have to throw their starters out right away. Jalen Rieger might not play until week five. And honestly, it wouldn't surprise me, but he might start week one in the slot. I don't care. They have so much so much depth there. They have the first good running back they've had since number 25 was there. And they're all healthy. And they have the first lockdown corner they've had since your boy 22 left. So that's why I love Philadelphia. Why I don't like Dallas, and this is me objectively as a journalist, Dallas had three problems they had to fix in the offseason. If you count Andy Dalton, they might have fixed it. One of them, at least. They had to fix their safeties, who got burnt over the top a lot, and they have to fix their corners because they lost Byron Jones. Woozy is not a number one guy. They get Xavier McKinney, who is... Not Xavier McKinney. They got uh, Trayvon Diggs, who Kevin on our draft special ripped apart for his effort and his inconsistency and the fact he's extremely raw. Then they go and get HaHa Clinton Dix, who is not a great coverage coverage safety he's more of a in the box kind of guy he can cover but he's basically a, he's more of a thumper than a cover guy and the biggest issue with them last year was Dak Prescott disappeared in big games the last time I checked number four is still their starting quarterback yes they have another good slot receiver a good slot receiver in C. Lamb so that may account for another win so maybe 9-7 and seven to me but when I look at their defense, they're going to lose six to seven games by that defense's hand. Because they're going to drive down the field and score with Zeke. And a Philadelphia, a Tampa, a New Orleans, a Minnesota is going to drive down field in three plays. Because the one player you feared on that defense is gone. They only have one pass rusher. They didn't fix that either. Robert Quinn's gone. They did not solve any problems on their defense. They said, "Hey, we're gonna Tampa this." Unlike Tampa, they don't have the goat or the best two receive the best receiver tandem in the league. They're really banking on the fact that CD is an elite talent and Michael Gallup finally steps up. I don't trust it. They don't really have a tight end either, so that's why they do have a top five running back. But teams have proven they don't fear Dak. When they can stop Zeke in the box by putting eight guys up, and as long as they tackle Cooper within the first 10 yards, half of Cooper's touchdowns are broken tackles because do the moose. He's from your Crimson Tide. They breed him big down there. That is why I think Dallas has a lower ceiling. They are going to be not a bad team. They are still going to smack the daylights out of every sub-500 team they play. It's going to be Philadelphia and Dallas and 40 feet of crap in the New York and Washington, but... I just, Dallas, to me, did not address any things. And that's the biggest reason I have with this Dallas hype train that's driving me crazy. Yeah, you're right. They didn't address some needs.
1: But in some areas where they already had a lead on Philly, they made that lead bigger. As of right now, Dallas still has a better line, O-line. Older, though. Still better. It doesn't matter. It's this year. Okay. Better linebackers, something the Eagles did not address in the draft. An immediate, an immediate
0: contributor at the linebacker's position. True. We're going to have to see if it actually, the these guys that drafted, they're going to be either boom or bust picks. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. A better receiving core. For now, yeah. Better running back. For now, yeah. yeah. I'm looking at this year alone. I'm saying at the start of the season, yes. But I am not convinced. If Zeke, I'm convinced Zeke may not have better numbers than Sanders, only because... Teams are just going to pack the box in the Cowboys because 11 control over the top and beat you that way where four cannot, and that's why I'm saying Sanders is more deadly because he's more deadly out of the backfield catching the ball too. I'm saying Zeke is better right now. I'm saying the Eagles' ceiling is a mountain higher because of the what ifs. Where Dallas, you know what you're getting. I think Dallas is an easier team to predict the wins for. Yes. So I think the wins are too high. If you said 10 and 6 through 9 and 7, 8 and 8, easy. I will throw. i will put money on that somewhere between 10 to 6, 10 to 7 wins. But here's the thing with the Eagles. They could go 6 and 10 if these receivers don't work out, and if Carson gets, if Carson Godfrey gets hurt, Miles Sanders has a boss season. Yes, there's a lot of ifs. But Philadelphia could, it has a range of 7, 6 wins as a floor and 12 as a ceiling. I was gonna say 12. Yeah. So they're thirteen if they get a luck, one of those lucky Philly wins, which they always have every year. All I'm saying is is that it's it's the it's the whole boomer bust argument, how much money Philadelphia is that bet. They're like, I shouldn't, but if I do, I'm gonna win big. All I'm saying is the FPI this year, I think the Eagles stretch should have been a little more different than the Cowboys. I also think that people really need to watch out because I think that everyone's really underestimating this Andy Dalton thing, and it's really gonna blow their locker room apart. And McCarthy has not been one to handle confrontations in the locker room well, clearly. All right. I think if I think Mandy Dalton starts the this, oh, starts, a it's Philly and Dallas are both like ten and five going into the final week of the season, and it's gonna be one of the craziest games of the year. Yeah. All right. Uh, NFC North, Vikings over the Packers. Love it. I think the Packers were the softest number two seed in NFL history last year. Bears, Lions, no issues there. South, I think the Bucks and the Falcons are better than the Saints. All get proven right later in the year. 49ers are gonna run with that division. Cardinals should be better than the Rams. I think the Rams have a lower ceiling. I mean, a low because they just there's nothing there anymore. It's Jared Goff and Robert Woods.
1: Also, I didn't um, point out that you say um how you're going to be proven right about the Saints. Last year you said they're going to be trash and said that they them lost, getting knocked out of the first round shows cousins. you were right.
0: They, yeah, I was half right. They, they lost the first Cousins in a half-time game. you are
1: not half right. You're wrong. They made the playoffs. That means they are not trash. All
0: right, if we're going to play by that definition, fine. But I think this is the year the Saints regressed. I did not. Like, Breeze looked, like, flawed as hell at the end of that game last year. It's I'm so telling you, that injury. Yeah, he had more gas in the tank. I think this year, I'm telling you right now, the Saints. This is the year they start to pay off. I did not predict that. I I stopped predicting the Patriots because you know it's Brady and Belichick, and, Bra- and Belichick has some voodoo. But with Brady, I mean with uh, Spree and the Saints, that arm is t- a ticking time bomb, and I don't believe Taysom Hill, a member of the Philadelphia Eagles in our little franchise, are is going to uh, produce. Do you have any disagreement with me on the 49ers though being the best team in the West by a mile? No, I think the Cardinals are going to surprise. That's why I said, too. I think the Rams going to be the worst in this division. I can see the Seahawks struggling a bit. They did just pick up uh, Carlos High. They do have a very packed backfield now. But they can't block anybody, so why does it matter? Yeah. yeah, They can't block anyone. DK has to take a big step, but it
1: doesn't really matter because he doesn't have time to run deep routes.
0: Yeah, right? All right. AFC East have a problem. I think it, it should be, be so funny. Bills and and Dolphins should be 1-2 and with Patriots and Jets. I don't see how the Patriots are going to pull off 12 wins. I don't see it. I do. What, did Belichick pay the refs off early or what? They're going to have one of the best defenses in the league again. With a bunch of no-name guys nobody's heard of. Yeah. Have you watched Patriots football the last 15, 20 years? Yeah, it's painstakingly
1: boring. Yeah, I mean, look, they lost some big players. I'm concerned about that linebacker core, but J.C. Jackson's a good corner. He's going to take a big step this year. That secondary is unbelievable. If Devin McCourty and Patrick Chung can fight off age, fight off father time a little bit longer, this defense is going to be the best defense in the league again. They can plug and play. They could put me at outside linebacker, and they would do fine. I would probably yeah. rack up about 50 tackles. And maybe like a pick or two. Yeah, as up. Five, 7 out of shape white guy uh, I think Jared Siddham's also better than people think I do agree with that I watched I remember from college he wasn't bad he wasn't bad he got hurt playing in Auburn system and people Which think only that only worked if, for Nick Marshall it doesn't work really for anybody else people think that if um Jared Siddham was in this draft class he would have been a first or a second round pick true all right, uh, North. Well, I think it's funny, but I can see it. I can see the Patriots still winning the AFC East.
0: North, you and me have, I think, have the same beef here. I have a, the Steelers are way too high off. I think even Cowherd agree with us. Cowherd is the same take. He thinks the Steelers are ha- are going to hit the floor this year. Oh, Steelers about to drop off something bad. Oh, it's going to be stanky because you have a number two running back, you have a number two receiver, and you have a quarterback who's past his prime, and your defense is not that good besides TJ Watt and Minka. Yeah, put, put
1: Juju and James Conner on another team. Put Juju on the Texans. Put James Conner on, on the on the Eagles. Put He's him on the back. Eagles. He's a sta- he Sanders backup. Put him on um. Put him on Tampa too. Put him on the Saints. He's a rotation back. Yeah, he is not your every down back. Those two guys are gonna struggle really badly again. And Ben Roethlisberger can't stay healthy. I wouldn't be surprised if he misses time again this year and retires.
0: And they're talking about Mason Rudolph being, like, the next second coming. I'm sorry. I watched Mason Rudolph in college. I watched Mason Rudolph in the pros. He's not good. The Steelers should have drafted the quarterback. Well, it's not his fault that he got his brains bashed
1: in by Miles Garrett. Uh, also, the Browns are going to be better this year, I think. Oh, so will the Bengals. But I, I think the Steelers... Best bet here is trade Juju, trade James Connor,
0: and then Paul aside and be like, "Hey, please retire, Dude, not, You've got two, you've got two rings, bro. And you're not proving anybody anything at this you're point. You're a Hall of Famer. You're hurting your case by continuing to play. And if that doesn't work, trade him and tank and get Trevor Lawrence, or just even just even. Am I the only one who also thinks Justin Fields may be a bust?"
1: I think he might be an addition to the long line of Ohio State quarterbacks who don't work out in the NFL. I don't like his mechanics at all. Watch him be uh, Braxton Miller. I'm mean, not going to make it as a quarterback be a, a
0: middling receiver. I just, you know what, It's with Fields, it's just something. Unless, and, you know, he could come in this offseason and have perfect mechanics. Yeah, if this is the year where he well, obviously, he's gonna be a draft pick.
1: He needs to show that he can play the quarterback position, not a quarterback who run not a running back who sometimes throws.
0: Like our former cohort, Savannah, tried to defend him during the draft during the during the uh, after Clemson smacked him around a little bit. Um, can we just point out how some of those balls were just horribly thrown? I can see Ohio State taking a step back this year. I could too. I could see I could see them losing to Michigan. I'm not kidding. I could see like some cr- they don't have the defense anymore. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far cuz Michigan has shown
1: an inability to play in big games. I can see them losing to Penn State. True.
0: That's a Penn State's team is still solid. James Franklin at State College. Exactly. And and they didn't really yeah, they lost Hamler, but they didn't really lose any big names besides that they're going to really kill their offense. No. Look for Penn State to push for... The, I don't think they're going to win it. Look for them to push for the Big Ten this year. They're, they're going to be, like, a, a, they're a 5 or 6 team this year. I, I firmly believe that. I, I think I think the Final Four this year are going to look a lot different than last year. I see Bama back in it. I see a random Big 12 team that nobody's going to see coming. I don't think Texas or is going to be there. I would love it if it's just, like, Kansas. Remember that one year Kansas was actually really good? Whoa, was it, 2007? Yeah. Yeah. Remember Kansas State? Kansas yeah. State with Colin Klein the year that Oregon and them both got snubbed? Kansas were just filthy for one year and then nothing after. Well, they do have the Mad Hatter, which makes me so happy. Uh, honestly, I would love it if Kansas
1: makes the Cultural Playoff.
0: Watch. Watch somehow because Coach O is so pissed off about his divorce that the, 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 the Tigers come back in the ACC, come back and still are a, a monster the next year.
1: Zero percent chance.
0: I call only one percent, because Coach O's, is a national treasure.
1: That's true, but they lost their starting running back, number one receiver, starting quarterback, number Off- two receiver. No, sorry, still big loss. Their offensive coordinator, who coordinated that yeah. revolution, I,
0: I, I unless unless they found something comparable, yeah, I could see them. They're they're going to be a ten and three team this year. Yeah, they're not be. They're gonna Rams- lose one. They're gonna lose one bullet B.S. game. They're gonna get smacked around by Bama, because I think I think I also think you're very high on your quarterback. I think he's gonna be great, but I don't think he's gonna be two great. Eh, that's kind of hard to say though. Healthy two great. No, no. I, sorry, I misspoke. That's that's an unfair comparison. True, two of the greatest quarterback you guys have had since like Joe Namath. Before Joe Namath. Um, no, John,
1: uh, John Amos is a Pro Football Hall of Famer. Y- yeah, and two was a better college quarterback. Very true. If we're I just talking, Mac Jones playing very well, maybe being in the Heisman conversation at some point.
0: You also win. three three amazing running backs and two ridiculous receivers. Yeah, Mac Jones is going to be AJ McCarron two point with a better arm. Yeah,
1: but same thing. Nothing really special, nothing to write home about, but he's going to do well enough, and he's not going
0: to make mistakes. True. All right. I'm like in the ACC, it's going to be Clemson, Miami, and then one random team who has a randomly good year who comes out of the coastal. Who uh, like people did not see Jared's hand motion, but
1: it's going to be Clemson, 50 feet of crap. Miami and Pitt,
0: 50 feet of crap. Syracuse. I'm Jared, and I approve these rankings. Because here's the thing, I like I was reading an article today. And it's by the most anti, it's by the most negative Miami like state of the U. It's it's 24/7 Sports' is Miami blog, and they're really hard on the Canes. Like I mean, like they're worse than you with your pay, with any of your teams. Like they're like more like at their throat with a gun than like anybody I've ever seen. More than like ex players, and they're like, I don't know why. But this is the year we're gonna take we're gonna punch Clemson in the mouth. We may not win, but we ha- this okay okay let me let me let this out before we we get off. Eric King was a Heisman candidate three years ago. He kind of was buried in the back because he went to Houston. We still have four extremely talented three and five four star receivers, a five star running back or four and a half star in Cameron Harris, who's probably gonna be a first round pick in two years. And the best defensive end in the country, Gregory Rousseau, and a very talented secondary that's not all freshmen anymore, thank God. Last year was last year the only experienced secondary member we had was was um, Al Blades Jr. That's it. <laughs> and it wasn't like he's not he's nothing like his daddy. He's he's not a physical safety. He's a cover corner. But I am very excited. A lot of the all of the Jarrett Williams party crew is all gone. I also have great faith in Tathan Martell. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But no, i think Miami's gonna be about a ten and Sam th- similar to LSU, a ten and three team. They're gonna lose they're gonna get smacked by Clemson in an AC title game. They're gonna lose a bullshit or two game, and that's it. And they're gonna beat the snot out however they play in the bowl game. So you think Miami's going ten and two? Ten and three. Well, I'm not counting though. We're not counting bowl game. I'm not, not
1: counting the ACC championship.
0: No, okay, so we're just doing regular season. How many games are there in regular season? 12? 12. 12? So, yeah, 10-2. and two. I, I think they're Bama going 12. I have Bama going 14-0. I have them winning the fucking thing. Yeah, if we're just going um, regular season, I'm
1: going Bama 12-0. Yeah,
0: I got Miami yeah. going 10-2. Best season they've had since Ricked. I think Manny has his defense he wants now. These are all all Manny guys. No more remnants of Al Golden. No more remnants of the Jarrett Williams party crew. This is his squad. And he's got a Heisman... He's got a dual-threat quarterback who actually is accurate. And they also have a five-star quarterback in the wings waiting when he leaves. And they also have, you know, season backup in my favorite man, Coach Perry.
1: I feel like... Miami, for the next couple of years, is going to be the Penn State of the last couple of years.
0: I agree with that, only except, unlike Penn State, they have one team they have to beat to get to the playoff. Or Penn State has two or three they have to
1: beat. Well, my thing, I feel like Penn State every year is, like, they're a couple of years away from, or a year away from what they want. And then the next year, they're not that good. They're a year away. They're a year away. I can see Miami yeah. being that for the next, like three or four I see
0: two I see they're going to get their new quarterback next year after King has gone they're gonna have a great year with King they're gonna win they're gonna probably make a New Year's Bowl but then they're gonna drop off next year gonna be like maybe they're gonna with bowl games probably finish 10 and 4 but the next year when they're gonna have all these all these like when they because they keep having good draft cl- recruiting classes they keep killing it in the transfer <laughs> portal. freaking for some reason, all these transfer kids want to go to South Beach. I don't know if Manny's paying them or whatever. But are you kidding me? Have you seen Tate Martell's girlfriend? I want to play for Miami. <laughs> exactly. By the way, I finally found her on Instagram somehow randomly. she popped up my recommendations. I have sent you posts by her. How have you? Just I know. No, I know. I just found her page. I've seen posts by her. I just never knew. Like I've just like, oh my god, I forgot. I, I'm like the name sounds. so I'm like, why do I know this name? And it's just. And it says Tate Martell in her bio. I'm like, oh my god.
1: See, she knows why people are there initially. She knows that she has to
0: make that connection for you. Yeah, but like, here's the thing about like Miami. I think like this new kid. Apparently, the kid they drew, recruited out of Connecticut he was a prep school kid, pocket passer with a little mo- with a little mobility, kind of like a Wentz Rogers kind of type, at least prototype. Like he was supposed to be what Williams wasn't. Like. Escape art escapable with a good arm. Williams had an underperforming arm. Nikosey Perry doesn't know how to put touch on a pass or stay off the internet. I, I think I think King's gonna be fun. I think Miami's gonna be a fun team. I think they're gonna lose to Clemson because I think I think Clemson's taking a step back this year as well. I think it's Alabama, fifty feet twenty feet of crap and everything else. But I think Miami's gonna like push it's not gonna be like uh, twenty seventeen where Miami walks on the field, and that was basically their competitiveness for the game. Yeah, I think
1: I think Miami's biggest issue is the fact that it's the U. The kids who want to go there want to go
0: there, have fun and party. They don't really care that much about football. It's not they want the '80s U or the late the mid 2000s U. They don't want the Ed Reed Al Blades U that like, would beat you up in the locker room if you got caught partying before a game. And you I think the story about the couches? Like, that would scare the hell out of me if I played there. Yeah, what for do those you don't mean, know... For those of you who don't know, basically, if you had beef with somebody, there were these four green couches that made a U in their locker room, and someone would push you in, you get called out, and you duke it out, and that's it. Larry Coker basically... Put guys in and called the plays, and then Ted Dorsey would change them at the line of scrimmage. And and Ed Reed would change them on defense. The fact that Ed Reed is now a prominent member of that program should scare teams in the ACC because he is so crazy. Uncle Ed is so crazy. Chief of staff. And so he, he, Uncle Ed, man, that's the dude. My favorite Hurricane of all time. Come on. He's the same guy who said, I'm hurt, dog. Go ask him. Right, hell no. dude. pops his shoulder back in and picked off a pass like two plays later. It's – I know we've ranted for the last 20 minutes about Miami and Alabama, which honestly nobody cares about except for our fan, friends who are fans. But I'm telling you right now that it was like – it's a culture thing, and it's something Miami's lacked for a while. And you if, – if people pull what Jerry Williams and these dudes pulled last year with Ed Reed in the program, Ed's calling some dudes from South Miami – in Overton in Liberty City and it's going to get ugly because he's like dude I'm not doing with this you are here to play football for a program that has like what the fifth most national, fifth or sixth most national titles maybe they have five so they're probably tied for like top 10 maybe they should have six but we're not going to talk about O2 and that abomination um oh or o 02000 Miami technically should have had three titles in a row they got robbed by the BCS, and they would have kicked the crap out of Bob Stoops' uh, Oklahoma. And then they got robbed on a pass interference call that wasn't pass interference. They're number eleven. Number eleven, all right? They would be number what two if they had seven? Number three. They would be number nine. All right, well, not much of a difference. Anyway, that's us. That's me and Kevin's TED talk about Miami and Alabama football. we Talk about FBI or? <sighs> Do you really want to keep talking? I mean, we're at an hour 20, man. We're killing it.
1: I mean, do you care about the AFC South or the AFC West?
0: No, because they're both pretty accurate. I have one issue. Titans? Yeah, Titans are going to win more games. Yeah, Titans are going to win like 10 games, 10, 12 games, because Derrick Henry is going to basically steamroll half half that team. He's going to put the entire city of Nashville on his back. He might actually start doing that for training. Yeah. See, issue with that is I don't think it's enough weight. Yeah, he's gonna need the entire state of Tennessee. There'll be a coastal state by the end of the year.
1: <clears throat> he's gonna roll over to North Carolina. Can like, hey, you guys, like the new
0: Sean away. Oakman meme? Like, great run defense you got there. Like he's like like Derrick Henry says no, or like great run defense you got there. Too bad if I smashed it. Like just some I, there needs to be some meme about Derrick Henry just like demolishing defense. No, there has
1: been. Not about him demolishing defense, but a couple years ago. Uh bowl game. It might have been the Cultural Playoffs. Oh,
0: next it to Mark was, Ingram? It was Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram. Oh, the best one I showed my dad this when you texted me the picture of him and Deion Lewis next to each other.
1: Uh you gotta love to take your kid to work day.
0: You know what the worst part is? They were trying to trade him last trade deadline. I mean, it makes sense. He's in a
1: contract year if they couldn't get him re-signed. No,
0: no, as in 2018. Oh,
1: Jesus Christ, Tennessee. Yeah,
0: there were rumors like that Philly was running after him. I'm like, Imagine Philadelphia with Derrick Henry. Carson Wentz goes, hey, there's a halfback who's an inch shorter than me. Run that way. <laughs> My God. Yeah, Mike Rabel could have easily just screwed that up. There was like, There was like those... Like those, like those rumors that like all these like Philly sources were saying like oh, there's rumors Derrick Henry could be linked to Philly at the deadline. I'm like, I would love that, but I don't think it's gonna happen. I feel like every year though, Philly's rumored to be getting the because Howie draft. Roseman is Howie Roseman. Every time he Howie thinks, Roseman's not a good GM. He's an average GM right now. Yes, everyone, get, everyone overhyped him after his 2016 draft class and his 2017, and then his. The way he basically shafted Miami for Jay Ajayi. but before that and after that, he's not that good. Yeah, we're, we're gonna find out. This is the year. Like, did he like if like Jalen Rieger works out and Cave, I think still think K. Mon Wallace maybe like one of the best drafts of the picks of the draft because they got a second round talent in the fourth round. It's like the dude's basically supposed to be Malcolm Jenkins 2.0 for skill set. So I love it. Um. That about wraps it up for us. That was the longest. I think that was the longest ever. Uh, what's the call we ever done? Last call we ever done. That last call went so long, me and Kev ordered two more rounds.
1: Well, yeah, it was a problem. We yeah, got well, on our tangents about college football. I'm the college football department head. Jared's big the U fan, so it,
0: it's bound to happen much football. more. Like, like, me and Kev might start live streaming us watching big games this year and put it on YouTube. You want to start doing that for StreamYard? Yeah. All right. I think we're going to start doing that. We're going to watch like me and Kev are going to start streaming like us watching big games together because we should have done that for the draft, honestly. But we, uh, StreamYard wasn't really set up yet.
1: Yeah. I mean, also, I got YouTube TV, so we can just share a screen on my laptop. True. Also, I have your password on my on my laptop, on my Xbox. So Thanks, Kev. <laughs> we got to make sure that um we can both watch stuff at the same time.
0: Yeah, you has got to tell your rest of your family to get off. Um, no, I got my own login. Oh, yeah, that's true. So you do have two people for your login? We have, like, three, four. Okay. Um, Yeah, so we're going to do some fun stuff. Also, let us know on Twitter in the comments, do you want to start seeing a best of, of the week? Like, have me go in and edit and do, like, the funny clips from the week, best rants, and I'll put it up on, like, a Sunday or something like that on YouTube. So let us know. I'm Jared. That's Kevin. I'm hungry and sunburned. I'm going to go eat. Peace. Bye. Hey, guys. Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.